Good morning again, everyone. I'm Pastor Adam Darnell, and we're continuing our series, as I said, in the book of 2 Corinthians called The God of All Comfort. And today we're talking about the comfort of an invincible purpose. This is something my heart needed to hear this week, and I hope will encourage you today. Uh, I heard uh, earlier this week that we might have some guests who've been watching from different places in the country and even around the world. So uh, just for fun, if you're able to put in the comments where you're watching from, and that'll encourage everybody here. I'd love to see that. It's great we can be connected in this way. Also, if you are new here, again, we'd love to follow up with you later this week and see how we can serve you. You can uh, let us know you came by signing a uh, form over at southdurham.org connect. And I want to talk with you today about the comfort of an invincible purpose. And by comfort, we mean strength that comes from outside, uh, uh, strength and resolve that comes from outside of us. My text today is 2 Corinthians 2, verses 14 through 17. And I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to read those verses and think about them together. And first, I'd like to pray. Father, you are holy and good. You have loved us by sheer grace, not because there was anything lovely about us, we didn't earn your love, so we can't lose your love as long as we rest in what Christ did for us on the cross. Together, Lord, we ask you for a vaccine and treatment for this coronavirus. We ask you for wisdom for government and business leaders at all levels. We ask you for your mercy on those who are suffering. And we ask that in this time right now, you would lead, her, would you, you would lead us into greater reliance on and joy in your Son, Jesus Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today I want to talk with you about the comfort of an invincible purpose, as I said. And this purpose we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. And this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. He says this, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere, for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Now, if this is your first week joining us in this series and you've never read the book of 2 Corinthians before, you might think in hearing this that Paul is just naive, that when he talks about always being led in triumphal procession, he just really hasn't suffered much in life. You might think he just hasn't gone through it. Like he's just, he's always had everything handed to him and his life's been good and that's why he's able to say this. But if you thought that, you would be wrong. Earlier in this letter, Paul told us that recently, you know, recent to when he was writing this, he had felt such affliction and suffering that he despaired even of life itself. Later in this letter, he's going to talk to the Corinthians about some things he's experienced in his life. He's going to remind them that he was imprisoned and beaten many times, almost to the point of death. He's going to say five times he received the 40 lashes minus one. Five times he was beaten publicly with, with a whip, 39 times in a row. He says, three times I was beaten with the rod publicly. One time he was stoned. Paul has gone through it. He's gone through some tough things in his life. So when he says, thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, he's not being naive. He's not just 
being positive or saying we just need to be positive in life. He's not even talking about good perspective in the face of first world problems. He's talking about something much more profound. He's talking about having an invincible purpose. That even when you go through the worst, you know you're on the road to victory. He, and that's why he's able to say what he says. Now that purpose that, that Paul has is given to every Christian. And it is the purpose of spreading the knowledge of Christ everywhere. Spreading the knowledge of Christ around the world. And that's our calling. Church, that's what we're called to. Together, to exalt, to bring up, to make known Jesus Christ. And it's an invincible purpose. Now, why is it invincible? From this text, I want us to notice three truths, and then we'll see one takeaway. Three truths and one takeaway. Uh, three things that are true if we're followers of Jesus, and we're joining him on the mission, go make disciples of all nations, and then one thing to do. And if you're not a follower of Jesus right now, you today are invited in to this invincible purpose. By grace, Jesus is calling you to come in. Now, the first truth is this. If we're followers of Jesus on mission for Jesus in the world, then, number one, Paul says, thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. Here it is. Truth number one. God goes before us. God goes before us. God goes before us, church, on the mission to multiply disciples. No matter the suffering, no matter the hardship, no matter the difficulty, God always leads us. He is out ahead of us. He doesn't tell us to go and then sits back and waits for the report. He is already out ahead of us. This is intrinsic to who God is. God has always gone before his people. God is not like the God of deism who sets the universe in motion and then just watches it go. God is not like the God of materialism where everything that happens is just the deterministic result of physical and chemical reactions. God is not like some weak general who commands his army to go into battle, but then he won't go in leading the charge himself. God is not like the God of legalism and religion who says, jump this high, and if you get high enough, then I will join you. No, God, the God of our Lord Jesus, is a God who goes before us, just like he's always gone before his people. When he told Abraham, go leave your country, he said, I will show you the land I'm going to send you to. In other words, he's going before Abraham. When God led his people Israel out of Egypt, he decided to go before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and a pillar of fire by night. And that pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire did not depart from before the people. God always went before them. When it was time for Israel to enter the promised land, God said to Moses, but now lead the people to the place that I'll, that I, about which I've spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. When it was time for Israel's exile in, in Babylon to be over, God said, I will go before you. God has always gone before his people. He always leads. What that means is if you are on mission for Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, there is nowhere God sends you that God has not already gone out ahead of you to. 
The proof of this is Jesus himself. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. He came here to redeem us from our sin and our rebellion against God, even while we were still sinning and in rebellion against God. He didn't wait for us to turn around halfway. He came here and he suffered. He was a man of sorrows. He went before us in suffering. He was acquainted with grief. He knew pain, physical, emotional, and spiritual pain. And he went before us supremely on the cross. He died in our place where we should have died. He went before us to die for us instead so that we could have eternal life in him. So does God really lead us? Does God really go before me in the places he calls me to go? Has God really understood the suffering and difficulty into which he has sent me? Does God really understand it even when he sends me to the suffering of my deathbed? The answer is yes. The proof is the incarnation, life, death, and burial of Jesus. God goes before us. He leads. But God doesn't just lead us in that way. In Christ, he always leads us in triumphal procession. Triumphal victory is a victory march. Jesus died. Jesus was buried. But Jesus did not stay dead. Christ is risen. That means Christ has won. Christ is alive. Jesus has defeated sin, and in him we are forgiven and reconciled to God. Jesus has defeated Satan, the enemy of our souls, and the great accuser of mankind, who no longer has any power over us. Jesus has defeated death. Jesus' resurrection was just the beginning. He died and was raised, so when we die, we will be raised too. He went before us in death. He goes before us in eternal resurrection life. So wherever life takes you, when you're in Christ by faith, God is leading you in Christ in triumphal procession. God goes before you. Let's talk about that language of triumphal procession. That's, that's imagery of a Roman victory march. A general would go out if he was successful in battle, and if he killed at least 5,000 enemies, then he could come back and ride into town on a white horse with purple robes, and he would ride into town, into the city. He'd be followed with marching soldiers and Roman priests who'd be spreading incense throughout the town, and there'd be crowds lined up on the sides of the street shouting, triumph, triumph, triumph. When we go through life with Christ, we always are being led by God in Christ's victory train. Whatever suffering you're going through, whatever challenge and trials we face, God goes before us and we're being led by him in victory. Every other purpose in life that you could give yourself to is temporary and fading But this purpose, the purpose of making Christ known, is invincible and immortal. To join in it, acknowledge Jesus as Lord, and follow him in obedience. Then you'll be able to sing the old hymn, O victory in Jesus, my Savior forever, he taught me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me before I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. If we are followers of Jesus, God goes before us. That's the first truth. The second truth to notice in these verses is God works through us. God works through us. Paul says God in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. And verse 14, Through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. That was certainly true for Paul the Apostle and his missionary team. 
They traveled all over the Roman Empire telling people about Jesus. And then it says there, it's through us he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Now that imagery of fragrance, again, goes back to the Roman triumphal procession. You think about the priests following the general into town and they're spreading the smell of victory in the air. And what Paul is saying is that as we go around the world telling people about Jesus, we are spreading the smell of Christ's victory in the world. The smell of invincible victory is the knowledge of Christ that spreads everywhere through the apostolic teaching. Here's what that means today. God worked through the Apostle Paul's team, and God works through every church that teaches what the apostles taught. God works through the Apostle Paul and his team, and God works through every church that teaches what the apostles taught. The apostles were eyewitnesses of the resurrected Jesus. They knew him firsthand. Uh, they, they saw him with their own eyes and they passed down who he was in their teaching and in their writing, uh, which was compiled for us in the New Testament. So what that means then is God causes the New Testament, the words of the Bible, to come alive in us, maybe through the words of a, of a preacher or a friend. And he causes it to come alive in our hearts. And then he joins us to the apostolic mission and begins to work in the world through us. That's incredible that he would work through weak, broken, sinful, scared, ashamed, fragile, proud people like us. But he does. He works through us, his church. What a privilege. What an honor. What a responsibility. What a power that goes with us and before us. So the invincible purpose is to spread the knowledge of Jesus. We're called to take part in that. Verse, uh, in Romans chapter 10, Paul says it this way, For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. God works through us. There's encouragement in that. There's strength in that. And God works through us. That's humbling. There's a responsibility. There's a purpose. So if you're a follower of Christ, ask this question. What can I do today to spread the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ? What can I do to help someone know Christ more and more clearly today. Maybe that's reading a book, a book of the Bible to your kids. Uh, maybe it's reading one of the Gospels with a friend who doesn't know Jesus. Maybe it's praying more intentionally for someone. Ask the Holy Spirit that question, God, what can I do to spread the knowledge of Christ today? This world needs the knowledge of this invincible uh, purpose. What can you do? God works through us. He's gone before us. And the third through truth to notice in this text is God handles the results. Now, this is big. This is important. It's encouraging, too. It's really helpful. Verse 15, we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Now, let's break that down. Did you notice the switch from fragrance to aroma? I know those are weird words. We're talking about smells. We don't normally talk about smells at church. Fragrance and aroma. There's a switch between them, and that's significant because Paul is changing metaphors. Look at it again with me. Verse 14, 
Through us, God spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ everywhere. And then we're the aroma of Christ to God. And then verse 16, to people, we are a fragrance from death to death and to the other a fragrance from life to life. What's the switch? The switch is this. The fragrance is the image of that priest in the triumphal procession spreading the knowledge of Christ. So we, are, uh, we spread the fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus to other people. But the aroma actually pulls on Old Testament imagery. It's drawing on the image of sacrifice and a pleasing aroma to God. And if we're following Christ and on mission for Christ in the world, then God works through us to spread the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ to people. And if we're on mission for Christ in the world, then we are the aroma of Christ to God. That's amazing. What that means is if we are simply faithful to speak of Christ in the world and and, and faithfully represent Christ in the world, then it, it is a pleasing smell to God. We're a beautiful sacrifice to God when we are simply faithful to sincerely work to spread the knowledge of Christ. That's our work. And then God handles the results. Some people are being saved. To some, it's a fragrance from life to life. And some are perishing. So to some, when when they hear the gospel, they're hardened to it. And they don't want to hear it and and they they want to go away from it. To them, it's a fragrance from death to death. But those results are up to God. Our ministry in the world is life or death, but the results are up to God. Our part is simply to faithfully embody and speak about Jesus. So church, hear this, South Durham. We are here to make Jesus known and make Jesus' presence felt in this city and in the world. We are here to make Jesus known and Jesus' presence felt in this city. That's the calling of the church. To spread the aroma of the fragrance or the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ. But we're not called to get results at any cost. Even if it means we have to tamper with the message, we're not called to that. We are a pleasing aroma to God if we are simply faithful to follow and speak about Jesus. This has personally freed me to speak about Jesus. Uh, There's a time where I was a a chaplain to the police. And uh, I would do ride-alongs. A ride-along is when you sit in a police car for four to six hours with just the police officer. And you, as a chaplain, you know, first of all, as a chaplain, they don't really want to talk to you. You know, to talk to the chaplain is to like admit weakness. Nobody wants to admit weakness, right? So they don't really want to talk to you. And then, you know, they're in a uniform. They have a gun. Uh, They are, uh, they've got combat experience. And then here I am, you know, I'm not a big guy sitting in the passenger seat. And I can tell you, I was intimidated to talk to these police officers about their lives and then to try, if I could, talk with them about who Jesus is. Uh, and I'll tell you, I found comfort knowing that the results were not up to me, but that God was going to work through me. So I could just speak of Jesus and then God would do what God was going to do. And I'll tell you another way this has helped me in my own life in talking to people about Jesus. So on the one hand, there's sort of the timidity problem. On the other hand, there's a kind of arrogance problem. And, and that's that there's a temptation to become argumentative when I, when I start talking to people about Jesus and then they, they don't want to hear it and I just start want to prove my point, to win them to my side. Well, this has helped me to be more like Jesus when I talk to people about Jesus because the results are not up to me. The results are up to God and that's freeing, it's encouraging 
because I know God's going to work. That's our calling, church, and God handles the results. So if we're followers of Christ, on mission for Christ in the world, we have an invincible purpose. And there are three things to notice about that truth. God goes before us. The three truths to notice about that. God goes before us, God works through us, and God handles the results, and that leaves us with one thing to do. And that is we get to work. We get to work making Christ known in the world. Look with me at verse 16. Paul says, who is sufficient for these things? Nobody is. He said he's not, but God's going to do the work. For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word. We're not people who think we can just do this on our own willpower if we're just creative enough or, or uh, cunning enough. But as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. We trust that God is going to speak through us, that he is going to accomplish his mission through us. We can therefore be sincere in our talking about Jesus in the world. And we can be bold because we have an invincible purpose, but we can be humble because we know we're not sufficient in ourselves. Now, there is a need out there in this world of suffering. And it's always been there. But this coronavirus crisis and all the suffering that's going with it has hopefully, I hope, heightened people's awareness of their need for Jesus. But how are they going to hear unless someone speaks? Church, we're called to an invincible purpose. To speak of Jesus to a hurting, lost world that needs invincible purpose for themselves. And in that, God goes before us. God's going to work through us. And God's going to get the results. So church, let's get to work. Think about it. Pray today. Ask yourself this week, how can I spread the knowledge of Jesus to people I know? And see where the Holy Spirit takes you. I look forward to talking about it with you this week. Let's pray. Father, I pray your blessing on everybody who's watched, who's been watching this. I pray that you would strengthen their faith. For anybody who's not a believer in Jesus, I pray that they will see the beauty of our Savior who goes before us, who went to the cross to die for our sins. I pray that they would come in to this invincible purpose and this mission. For those of us who are believers, God, I pray that we would, we would find ways to make your name known more and more in our city and in the world. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.